You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Roy Thomas, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Epic Marvel Podcast. This is the Incredible Hulk Episode 2, covering um, the last half of the Epic Collection, um, Hulk Must Die, this the Volume 2, Hulk Must Die. So this is, let me see here, in, in the last episode, Alex, you and I talked about Tales to Astonish numbers 60 to 79, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is right. And so what are we talking about in this episode? So we're going from eighty through ninety six. I believe that's yeah, eighty through ninety six to get to get us to um to what I think that's like mid nineteen sixty seven. So yeah, and this is yeah. this is an interesting period for the Hulk because we have uh, we don't really have a consistent team of artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stan right. Lee's writing all of these stories still, but yeah. um, but we have a bunch of different artists coming up here. Yeah. Including definitely. Jack Kirby, Gil Kane, Marie Severin, like there's a there's a bunch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a definitely a who's who of Marvel artists, you know, uh, back at back at this point with the Hulk. So. Yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, definitely. You know, the lack of consistency is kind of a pain. You know, when you're trying to like get into it, but um, but it is cool if you're a new a new reader, you know, to be sampling, you know, to get a sampling, you know, of, of um, a grab bag, so to speak, of artists. This is a cool way to do it. It really is a grab bag. Yeah, <laughs> green skins grab bag. You know that was the letters page title. Oh, like the seventies and eighties, something like that. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just jump yeah. into the issues here because we've talked about them. You know, the Twitter poll, the Facebook comments in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, we encourage you to check out episode two A, and then we are going to get started with episode two B. We're not to be. Or not to be. Well, hopefully this will be to be. <laughs> Otherwise, why are we talking? (laughs) Okay, so issue number 80 is called uh, They Dwell in the Depths. And in this one, uh, Tyrannus, a character from the old... Um, the old issues, like the original yep. issues one to three. What what issue was that that he was in? Num- number five. Number five, Tyrannus gets yep. the Hulk to help him get the Fountain of Youth from the Mole Man. Yep. And uh, if you remember the old issue, which we talked about in yeah. in our first episode, Tyrannus right. is the guy who has this underground city, mm-hmm. and he's been living underground for centuries. And I guess he has the Fountain mm-hmm. of Youth, and that's why he's able to to stay young but the mole man has taken it over so now tyrannus <laughs> is an old man <laughs> at least he qualifies for social security now so yes. there are benefits to being <laughs> that, you know, he's got to be like... now i don't know if <laughs> if he just um if he ages really fast or like when you stop <laughs> drinking the fountain of youth do you start just aging in real time at that point i would assume since it's only been a couple years since we've seen him Probably once he goes off the uh, once he goes off the juice, so to speak, he um, ages very, very 
very fast. So, uh, yeah, because he's aged about like well, he looks about a hundred, about a hundred five here, I'd say. So yeah, yeah, right. He's very, very old, but he's he's got a long way to go because he's got to be, um, like he's got to be centuries old. Yeah, doesn't he come from the? I'm trying to think if there's like a Roman Empire connection or something. That's kind of like he's sort of like a ruler. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. the style because they had like the gladiator arena and everything yeah. like that. So, right. um, but at some point he's not going to be able to keep up with his body and he'll just die. So yeah, he enlists the Hulk. <laughs> so they, yeah, this is a this is actually yeah. a pretty fun issue. First of all, yeah. because we get to see the Mole Man, a character yeah. from a different comic book crossing over to Incredible Hulk. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's nice to see two of um, Marvel's uh, subterranean villains, you know, in the same issue too. It's kind of like, you know, well, it's kind of, I guess when you, when you have this, you can only have so many different character ideas, I suppose. So, you know, having Mole Man first in 1961 and then Tyrannus in 62, it's kind of like, okay, we got the same kind of characters. <laughs> you know, let's use them together. Yeah. So. It makes sense that they would meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of a interesting one. I'm trying to think. You know, it's a similar concept here. We've got you know, Betty and, and Rick are underground again. You know, with the Hulk, just like at number five. And Ross this time too. In Ross, um, that's yeah. Is Ross there? Oh, yeah, with Talbot today. Or t- Talbot, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Talbot. Yep. It's kind of funny just flipping through this. Um, he's got like an octopus machine or whatever that. Yeah. This thing is. <laughs> but I, I like how the the final page. You know, finally, you know, Hulk turns back to Banner again. And he's got his glasses automatically. Right. Like, wow, that's cool. I was going to mention that too. Like, <laughs> uh, magically, his glasses are there underground. Like, he... <laughs> They've been in his pocket the whole time. That's that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, boy. Uh, but but if you if you go to the next page, he doesn't have his glasses anymore. It's just yeah. in this one panel here. So I yeah. don't know if that, that was obviously just a, an error or something. No one was thinking about that. Probably. <laughs> the, yeah. the Hulk doesn't uh, get affected by this fountain of youth. Um, he, he falls right in That's it, right. and it transforms right. him. It doesn't make him younger. Hadn't thought of that, yeah. yeah. What do you think of Bill Everett's um, artwork over top of Jack Kirby's layouts in this issue? I'm liking it more. I think he was, it was a bit, you, know, you and I were kind of joking about number 79 and how he, was, he seemed a little over the top at first and I and now I think I'm liking his style it's a little less kind of off the grid so I don't know how to put it but um it's less you know it's, it seems to flow a little bit better I think is what I'm saying with um with Jack Kirby's yeah I, I think so um it still has it's a lot more detailed in terms of yeah. this the shading and and uh, a lot of yeah. the debris and that kind of stuff than, than Kirby usually gets yeah but then Something. he still has these classic Jack Kirby poses uh, so you yeah. can tell that Kirby is underneath this, but it really doesn't look like Kirby at all. That's a good point. Yeah, Bill's definitely made it kind of his own, mm-hmm. his own thing. For yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah, you know, I get more interested. I think the thing I love most about the Hulk is Banner. Um, it's always been like kind of the whole, you know, the, the pathos of, of Bruce Banner and the tragedy. So having him come back at the end of '80 makes me look more forward to reading '81. Mm. Okay, now it's you know instead of fight, fight, fight. Grow, 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 you know, and now it's like Bruce Banner's back. Okay, now he's got to deal with the uh, ramifications of the fact that Rick Jones has blabbed about his identity. So right. Banner doesn't know that. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Well, why don't you take us to the next one? Yeah, so number 81 um, is called The Stage is Set and introduces uh, Boomerang, uh, the villain Boomerang, looking very different here uh, <laughs> yes. than he did like in, I think, the 80s. I remember actually some of the first Hulk comics I read 
had Boomerang as a villain. Like 290, uh, 295 um, was one of the first ones I read when I, back when I was like five years old. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting to see Boomerang looking like this, like he's wearing <laughs> like a Gore-Tex coat or something. It's just he's this right. big bulky outfit he's got. <laughs> and then we get the whole Secret Empire thing going on. We had like AIM. Hydra, Secret Empire, all these, you know, like, the, and it's the same kind of thing we were talking about the last issue. You have Stan would come up with these kind of the same motif, you know, <laughs> all these like secret spy villains, and then he's now I think they're all kind of coming together to, I don't know if they're well, the Secret Empire. I can't remember if it fights against a uh, Hydra or AIM or not, or maybe they're their own thing. But, um, um, well, later on, it's established that they are like a subsection of Hydra. But mm-hmm. that's not what they talk. They don't mention Hydra at all in these issues in in Tales to Astonish okay. here. Yeah. Okay. Good point. So, um, but yeah, we got them. They all have a number. I think they're all assigned a number. But um, yeah, it's kind of cool how Boomerang is a baseball player. That's kind of his star pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he goes rogue. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes sense, and and I've never uh, like you. Some of the very first um, um, Amazing Spider-Man issues I ever read were ones with Boomerang in it, um, in the nineties. Oh. Okay. And uh, and again, yeah, I've I've never known really his origin, but I like the fact that he's he's like this slick, suave guy in real yeah. life. <laughs> and I think he kind of like a James Bond guy. Yeah, <laughs> they make a reference to James Bond, and uh, but then he's turns into this really goofy-looking supervillain <laughs> afterwards. <Right. laughs> Man, yeah, that, exactly. And I love it. He pushes a button, and his his like um. Yeah. TV cabinet, totally 1960s, 1950s style TV cabinet moves up and reveals his costume in in a hidden wall. Absolutely classic. I love it. It's so great. That is good. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, man. You got Banner with a 5 o'clock shadow. So he he lost his glasses, but he gained a 5 o'clock shadow. Oh, right. Yeah. You never see the Hulk with a five o'clock, sh- five o'clock shadow. No. <laughs> well, and I think that's just something that people, you know, don't really want to draw. You could draw a beard, but five o'clock shadow takes a lot of time. Yeah. And Especially Bill Everett, Everett's doing it. he's yeah, the right. guy to do a five o'clock shadow for sure. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love the, uh, the image of poor Tyrannus there on the, on the ground, just trying to scoop up some water. just to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Holding the just bust of his former self. Yeah. <laughs> How pathetic uh, he's become. It is. It is sad. So then we move on, and that's kind of the end of that plot. Then the other three, Talbot, Betty, and, and uh, Rick, come to the surface. And, but yeah, it's funny how Boomerang, um, sometimes instead of uh, just throwing boomerangs, he'll throw metal discs, you know, and throw them at people's kneecaps and at guns and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool, but um, it, and, and it makes more sense, I think, than a boomerang for him to be a star pitcher. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the boomerang became his motif, I guess, so. Yeah. But I like I like those little things that you know it goes down the the barrel of the rifle and splits the barrel yeah. in half. That's pretty cool yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh. One of the things I found that Stan started doing in the mid '60s around this time is uh, he realized that cliffhangers were the way to go. Yeah. So he'd he just shifted his story so that half of it because he basically yeah. still tells single issue stories, but he shifts mm. them so that half of the story is told in one comic and the other half is told in the yeah. other which is why like the the plot halfway through this issue it, it stops and then it yeah. moves on to the next thing yeah. and i'm always uh I, it's it's obvious when like the, the people talk about the galactus trilogy and fantastic right. four but it's really only right. two issues 
That's right. Because the yeah. first half of the first issue of the Galactus trilogy is all about the Inhumans tying up that yeah. storyline, um, exactly. and then the last half of the of the the third part of the Galactus trilogy starts the new story. Like it, uh, if you really right. look at it, it's only two issues worth of material. Yeah, it's, it's that's what's cool. I mean, not to go too far in FF, but it's it is funny how you could read like I think like number 44 through 51. I mean, it's like one solid story with like three different arcs in it. You yeah. Know? And, it's, yeah, and it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's so exciting, that stuff that was going on. Over oh, there. yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, definitely yeah. like the pinnacle of, of Lee and Kirby's yeah. stuff there. Oh, yeah. Is that definitely. whole Inhumans oh. and Galactus Black Panther yeah. kind of run? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I like, <laughs> like uh, well, of course, Boomerang captures Betty, and, uh, and I like how... Um, Banner's still underground, and like these guys jump on him, and and then so I like this final panel on page nine where he becomes the Hulk while they're grabbing him, and and then they're like, oh my god, what have we done? It's like, you know, you invited Bruce to your party, you got the Hulk instead. It's like we, we did not plan on this. So, but um, it's funny that second to last panel on page nine is very Kirby-esque looking. You know, it's like it doesn't look um, it's not, you know, it's, it's like maybe somebody came in and touched up the uh, the inks or something. Mm-hmm. It much like ever to me. You're right. Yeah. Now that you look at it, it doesn't have the same, the same fine lines in the, in the shadows and stuff. It's much more yeah. bold. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. So of course, finally Hulk gets to go to the surface. He wrecks things enough and decides to, uh, to head North again or the, well, yeah, he, I guess he's able to, yeah, he just by, by happenstance climbs on this machine and sends it back, back yeah. to the surface. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, we have to find a way to get him back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bruce, Bruce is the one to do it. Hulk doesn't know anything about these machines, so it's kind of a little bit of a right. plot device. But that's you know, true. That's a lot true. of it is in this in this era. <laughs> yeah, I do like how just when you need it, just a little spark of Bruce Banner comes through, and so the Hulk, you know, he <laughs> to guide him to a to a salvation. But um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's kind of cool how the final two panels of eighty one are very similar to the fi- the first two panels of eighty two. It's kind of nice lead in. So number 82 is the battle cry of the boomerang. And there is a, just before we get into the plot, I just want to point out in the second page or the first and second page, there's a couple of sound effects that are foom. Yeah. I noticed uh, that friends of old Marvel. Yeah, Yep, exactly. It's uh, anybody who, and I wonder if that was intentional. Was, was foom the magazine running at this time? It was right. Not, it wasn't yet. It didn't come out till uh, the seventies, I think, because oh, okay. we still had the um, the MMMS. Um, it was a Mary Marvel Marching Society, right? Or Marvel, right. Something like that. And that was, the, and then Foom was the seventies version of that, the successor. But it is funny how you know Foom is such a great sound effect, and that they may have kind of incorporated that, thinking like, hmm, let's, you know, you know, ten years after this, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> all what I think of when I see that, when I see a foom sound effect. Right. But anyway, so this whole issue, um, Bruce comes out of his cage uh, and sees the boomerang taking Betty, and so this yeah. whole issue is just the is just the Hulk chasing boomerang, and they kind of leap from place to place, and boomerang tries to stop him, and then he can, and he jumps away, and Bruce follows him, and it's just yeah. over and over and over. So there's not yeah. a whole lot to the episode. <laughs> But it's kind of fun, just uh, just the chase and, yep. and the different little devices that Boomerang uses in order to try and stop him. And we also right. get a little bit of this Secret Empire subplot going on right. where number five is killed and the others think it's number nine. 
um, and we we have no idea what's going on. It's just like this is this is a completely separate story. I don't, I don't think Stanley knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I killed him off. Like, we have too many of these organizations. We gotta, yeah. we gotta... <laughs> it's just so strange because it has no purpose um, uh, right. with the plot. And when you read on, it it doesn't make any difference to anything that goes on later right. on in these issues either. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's an unrealized story, but we'll come yeah. back to the secret empire. Sure. I think in the next issue. Yeah. You're right. The, 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 the chase goes on and then finally boomerangs like, you know, take her, you know, tosses, tosses Betty. Like the Hulk shaking his fist in the second, to last panel. And then, yeah. Like, and then, and then he lurks toward Betty at the end and the final panel, like, cold hard merciless stare you know that's a kind of reminiscent of hulk number two where he and betty are alone by themselves and she's like what are you gonna do and you know and, um during the toad man episode yeah so uh it's kind of cool you know like we've, again we talked a lot about the uh, the bruce and betty and hulk it's, it's kind of like a weird sort of love triangle i guess but um you know i like where betty now she knows that the hulk is banner mm-hmm. of course we see we see that next issue so she knows that he's in there, and that's what you know. Kind of makes the, for the great tragedy is that you know I love Bruce, but he's got but he's the Hulk too. Does that mean I love the Hulk? You know, it, like is he it's just? I think they the story gets a lot more interesting in the years to come after this. But, um, yeah, I'm glad they did this so so soon. I guess mm. um, like the big reveal of his secret identity, because otherwise it's the same story over and over again. Yeah, now exactly. we can tell some some different stories. Yep. It was a lot more interesting, a lot kind of a deeper story mm-hmm. now too. Yeah, yeah. So eighty three is called Less Than Monster, More Than Man. <laughs> the, the cover of this one I was kind of funny. The, the General Ross and Rick's expressions are so like kind of blank on the cover. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's like they're being held by the Hulk. They're flying up in the air. There's explosions <laughs> all around, but they're like falling asleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really comfy. I don't, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Rick definitely looks like he's batting his. You know, he's like he's looking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So meanwhile, yeah, we got the Hulk and, and Betty. This is actually a scene that they. Um, I don't know how closely they were connected, if at all, but in the Incredible Hulk movie, two thousand eight. I want to mm-hmm. say. Uh, you remember? Yeah, the scene in the during the rain in the cave. With definitely, Hulk yeah. And, um, and similar sort of concept there too. It's like you know Betty trying to get through the Hulk and. You know, like she's saying, page three, panel one. Now that I, I'm just holding on to him, like I think you really are. You know, there are times I feel like you really are Bruce Banner. So, and I like that Betty's now agreeing that yeah, I mean General Ross has been on Hulk's butt for all these years, and uh, you know he's never really has given Hulk a chance to to be a good guy, or just or just leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> so the Secret Empire is here again, and in this one, it's so strange. Number nine. Kills everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, uh, all of a sudden, he just yeah. throws his, this bomb or something, and then, like, he reveals that he's got this this um, armor underneath his robes. and Right. It, it's it's just kind of crazy. Now, yeah. the cool thing about this is if you were buying these off the rack, you'd be getting Submariner stories at the same time because the Hulk shared the book with yeah. Submariner. Number right. one is actually um, in the Submariner stories at this time as well. Yeah. It, it would be neat to read these side by side to get the secret empire story, like what's going on, because it's actually happening in both of these stories altogether. That's right. So, yeah. and that's probably how it was intended to be read when it was yeah. originally published. But, you know, Marvel in their collections likes to split things up. 
Yeah, what I think, sorry, it's been a few months, but I think, um, I think that number one was going after Submariner to, uh, to kind of, tur- was it turn him back against the human race again or yeah, something? Or, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Of course, next issue we have a, a quasi crossover there, but, um, but yeah, so 83, though, we, uh, you've got this, yeah, where Hulk grabs Ross and, uh, and Rick, and this is just like, kind of like his hostages, I guess. Oh, no, he brings him up to, to Betty. So, oh, so they, you know, that he's got Betty, that's right, that she's safe. Yeah. Yeah. There are some moments here again where I feel like the inking is different, like you were mentioning in mm. the past, uh, especially yeah. this last page. Yeah. There is just not the same sort of Everett detail. Mm. Uh, some of, like, the face looks like an Everett Hulk face, yeah. but the inking mm. style is different. Looks almost a little rush, too. I, you know, I wonder if maybe he was, Bill was on deadline or something, or, you know. Right, yeah. yeah. Who knows what other books he was working on this month at the same yeah. time. I think it was just this in, I want to say Doctor Strange at the time, maybe. Okay. Maybe those two, but uh, but yeah, it's it, it kind of a in theory, you know, Hulk is sitting on the mountain at the end of this this one, and then of course the next, <laughs> the first page of eighty four, he's standing on that mountain. So it's another one where you know the, the final panel of one and the first panel of the next one line up. Yeah, this really the this whole Tales to Astonish arc really gives from from the very beginning gives you this feel that it's it's a continuing narrative. Yeah. Whereas, like Fantastic Four, for instance, is more um, each story is an individual story. I think you know, given the ten-page format, it was like okay, let's you know, we, we really can't tell a complete story in ten pages. So we kind of mm-hmm. have to go. But like you were saying too, I think it's interesting reading the the letter letter pages, letters pages at the time. Uh, just that you could definitely see a lot of fans were against the idea of these continued stories because oh shoot if i miss one then i then i missed out you know but wow. uh, um, but i think a lot of people were starting i think there was more of a of interest in the continuing stories because i mean i find that if you have a continuing story each issue kind of matters more as opposed to being like a filler story but were did they have mm-hmm. subscriptions back in this back in 67 you know they did i think here yeah, because you you look at the indicia um you know, and that right on the first page or the inside front cover, depending on what it was. And I think they, they do mention the subscription rate. Okay. So that was probably, you know, uh, uh, the, these continuing stories were, um, I would guess, sort of a ploy to try and get people to subscribe. Because that would yeah. be the way to get all the issues if you if oh, yeah. your grocery store isn't reliable in, in stocking <laughs> their racks all the time. But it's funny, they didn't really advertise it back then. You know, whereas in the 70s, they started really, you know, pushing the subscriptions. Yeah. Um, Interesting stuff, but yeah, I, I was I, I I subscribed to Hulk Amazing Spider-Man when I was a kid, and it was a uh, cool. It was kind of unfortunate. You'd see the the comic come out on the newsstand, and it would still be another like two or three weeks until it came in the mail. Oh, really? So, <laughs> so I was a little kid. I was like, I want it now. And my mother would be like, No, we gotta wait till it comes in the yeah, mail. Right. <laughs> so I don't I don't really miss that. So. <laughs> well, should we move on to eighty four then? Uh, yeah, it? yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. The, so this one's kind of neat because yeah, for the first time. In Tales to Astonish, we have the Hulk and Submariner stories kind of running parallel to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I'm trying to think, yeah, this one has clips from um, the Submariner story. I know on page five, yeah. you got the Gene Colon panel there of the Submariner running out. Actually, two panels of the Submariner running out of the theater. It's cool that they did that. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish that uh, it, this happened kind of more often. It would have been kind of neat to see. But I think this is kind of the only instance where the two stories of uh, of one of these shared books interacts with each other like in the yeah. same issue. I don't think yeah. they do that in any of the other ones like Tales to Astonish or Tales of Suspense and all that kind of stuff. 
well, yeah, you're right. This didn't happen where you, right, normally, like, yeah, where you'd have the anthology titles and right two two stories within the same book crossing over. But uh, um, this does remind me a little bit of um, Astonish '69, which we talked about in part part A, where it parallels with Avengers '17, and they they incorporate. I think Avengers '17 incorporates uh, panels from Astonish '69, the Hulk story. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's of course that's kind of <laughs> not quite you know not quite to mean to this, but uh, I love the uh, where Hulk like breaks into the store and has the hat and the and the jacket, <laughs> yep. and he's like I, love, I always thought this panel was kind of cute. First panel on page four where he's he's like trying to like keep under the radar, and he's like no food. Hulk can't walk forever. Where are the Avengers? <laughs> like, Glad he remembers the Avengers. Speaking of the Avengers, yeah. so, <laughs> it's like if I come to New York City, that's what I'm gonna look up, even though I left the team. <laughs> so. I love that uh, in the movie theater they're still showing newsreels at the time. Yeah, what is it, 1944? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, exactly. News of the day. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe they did still some of them in the 60s, but I mean, TVs were becoming a fairly yeah. regular thing in, in households now. So, right. <laughs> um, and then people would tune into the radio and stuff. But I guess maybe they did show um, show newsreels at this point. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's how Hulk learns about um, about stuff that's going on right yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. So we see. Oh, and this is where we. Oh, we have the the beginning of the the next plot in this issue where Rick um is hired by this guy to drive his car. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, up north and the seems so shady. Like I don't even know. Don't go for it, Rick. Do whatever you do. Don't try to open the trunk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hope. It's funny how um, you were know, getting to a point in these in these stories where you're not seeing everybody clear cut and clear um, clean cut anymore. You know, like even the villains, or at least you know back in the day that you know even the gangsters had the suit and tie and the fedora and everything. And you know now we're, we've got like this kind of shifty civilian who's got this kind of like these sideburns. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's everything going. So it's you can just kind of feel you know we're getting in the later part of the '60s now. And yeah, so that that's the beginning of that plot, and then. Kind of just another let's chase the Hulk through the city kind of scene. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the ending of it is like, I'm free. Free to do what? And it's like, how do we end this story? Let's just have him wander <laughs> off. Let's just end it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, what's cool about this, um, of course, Spider-Man Annual 3 is kind of a con- kind of maybe kind of a continuation of this where Hulk and Spider-Man meet in New York and the Avengers hire, well, they don't hire, but the Avengers task Spider-Man with Going with capturing the Hulk, and that's that way he got, that way he can get into the band, so to speak. So that kind of <laughs> takes place around the same time Hulk is in New York here. Eighty-five is called the Missile and the Monster, and we have John Buscema taking over yeah. the pencils here. Yeah, quite early John Buscema. Yeah, and then John Tartaglioni. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how <laughs> you pronounce the name. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, John T. He, yeah. John T. He's he's uh, covering yeah. inks here, so we have a uh, kind of cool combo here. And yeah. again, right at the very beginning, the first two panels of page number two are also in. Um, they're not exactly the same as the, what appears in Submariner, but um, this scene where he is jumping away and people notice is in the Submariner issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So we have again. Uh, um, Rick Jones is driving north to deliver this car that's his way of getting to i find this an interesting concept somebody puts Mm. an ad in the newspaper to say i need my car transported to you know another state so they hire somebody who's going there anyway who needs transportation to to go there so i don't know if people still do that but it's kind of a a neat neat setup here 
I was actually offered to do that once after I got out of college. Somebody was offered me to do that. I could drive my car or drive their car to, to somewhere and then get a plane back. And it seemed like kind of an interesting idea, but I yeah. didn't take them up on it. So could, could have had the Rick Jones experience. But <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just noticing it's it's a Bill Everett cover. Um, you can tell by the Hulk's um, you know forehead. You know, it's very Bill Everett Hulk forehead on the cover there. Right. But yeah, obviously different artist uh, on the inside. I like. Um, I'm just gonna say real quick too the. Uh, on page two, panel one, uh, the image of the Hulk there, the the, the big uh, hand in the foreground. It's just a very, like I was saying last time, it's um, you're seeing kind of the the first glimpses of what the Hulk would look like in the later '60s, in the '70s, in the '80s, you know, with the longer hair, a little more bestial look, not um, not looking. I think you know the kind of the shorter, fatter nose was a, was a part, was kind of a trademark of the Hulk there. Although we we do see it before this too, that's true. But um, but it's just kind of like this is kind of like the the vision of the Hulk that I kind of am most familiar with, kind of the classic looking Hulk. Yeah, yeah I think um, extending the the upper lip, yeah, like uh, bringing that, bringing his um, his mouth down to give yeah, more. Right. I think more of an ape kind of a feel yes. than a person right. kind of feel. Right. I think that's what we see later on, um, especially especially since Sal um, yes. has such an influence on the Hulk through, oh yeah, you know, through the eighties and such. Yeah. So, yeah, Rick continues driving to New York to help Hulk, but the thing that's in his trunk <laughs> is something called the Orion right. Missile. No, it's a robot. Yeah. It's a robot in, in the okay, trunk yeah. that attracts the Orion Missile that the government yeah. or the, the army is testing. So right. <laughs> it's very, very ridiculous. This Hulk, it's it's awesome. It's like a Transformer. It transforms huge. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And just uh, the Hulk has to fight it, and we have some a yeah. great fight scene between this giant robot and the Hulk. It's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> just looking again. Sorry, these kind of funny panels um, on page six, uh, the the sixth panel where I like this. Rick's just kind of leaning against the wall, and Hulk's kind of hunched over, sitting down on a box <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Almost something out of a comedy. I like it, but uh, but look yeah. how many speech bubbles are on this page. Here. Oh my god! It's yeah. just there's. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. There's there's just um, there's no big blocks of text, but there's just a million bubbles with a whole bunch of little text all in there, yeah, scattered right. through this one page. Especially that sixth panel, yeah. Like the Hulk is sitting and leaning over. He has to be in order to fit all those <laughs> yeah, bubbles in. <laughs> the weight of the weight of Stanley's verbosity is weighing the Hulk down. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeez. exactly right. Oh man, I, I know. I felt bad for Art Simic and. Uh... Um, Sam Rosen <laughs> sometimes because you know I think it was a blessing to them when the page sizes changed. Yep. So Stan could only <laughs> write so many words, and you know, so. Um, but oh, that's we're not yeah. we're not quite there yet. Obviously, you know, still small small letters. But uh, yeah, he fights the robot. Yeah, he changes into Bruce at the end, and uh, you know, and then of course you know, it looks like Bruce is screwed. You know, because there's nothing he could do. You know, so. And, and the the secret empire is gone. Yeah, finally, right? <laughs> it's like there's no there's no resolution yeah. to that. The Secret Empire doesn't meet the Hulk. Like it was completely yeah. a pointless subplot. <laughs> I want to know what happened to number nine, man. I mean, like, you yeah, know, we had number nine and number one left. And number one was the Submariner, and then yeah. <laughs> now later on, I think hmm. number nine. Who is it? It's somebody infiltrates the Secret Empire as number nine. Okay. And it's um, it might be, I can't remember if it's like Sam Wilson or something. Or one of oh, the so over in Shield. Shield. Yeah, I got to catch up on Shield and read those. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's what it is. I'll have to, I'll check that. Out. Yeah, check that out. I can't remember. I remember I checked it up when um, I looked that up when 
we recorded our first episode, but now that it's a couple months later, I don't remember yeah. anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Enough things to, you know, having a three-year-old, I can understand. Yeah. I've got a two-year-old. You know, it takes up your time. <laughs> it does. Gorky is the yes. name of the driver, um, of the guy who, who hires uh, Rick Jones to take his car. Yeah. And he, I guess, is a Russian spy. <laughs> Um, because we haven't seen the Russians in a, in a while in the Hulk book, so we need to, to make sure that people still know that the Russians are the bad guys here. That's right. And this whole pl- subplot, again, it takes place behind the scene. The police and the army shows up to arrest Gorky, yeah. and the Hulk doesn't meet him. Like He just battles his robot, but has no idea why this robot is there. It's just there. Right. So many of the times, and I think because Hulk is a mindless monster, for a lot of this time, the the interesting subplots have to take place behind the scenes with other people because <laughs> otherwise it's just the Hulk running around. <laughs> I know we got to leave the complicated villains to the big, you know, to the adults. <laughs> yeah, <you> exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Hulk battled the, the giant toys. Yeah, <laughs> and that changes when Hulk gets his intelligence back. Uh, yeah, he starts interacting with the villains on a much deeper level. Right. In, in fact, we saw that a few issues back with the leader. Yeah, that's right. That's definitely that's right. Yeah. All right, so um, 86, yep. the birth of the Hulk killer, and a uh, pretty dramatic splash page we have here. Um, I like, you know, with, it's funny, uh, Gil Kane was the master of drawing nostrils. Um, you know, look at that, that view yeah. looking up at people's faces. Right. But I like, you know, at this point with John Buscema, you know, his is a, you know, he, I just love his realistic um, approach to, to drawing. And uh, so I like, you know, just that's not an angle you normally, I don't think, would see around this time, but it's just kind of cool. Yeah. Just to see, you know, how the progress is taking place with the art in these comics, kind of thing. But uh, and now we've got a different, um, different ink inker. You know, Mick Dimio, aka Mike Esposito, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, not sure if this is a, a good thing or a bad thing. I, as far as the uh, art, if it's, what do you think? You think the art looks better or worse? I've never Let's really say. been a fan of Mike Esposito. Yeah. I find that he, I I, I don't know if this is the actual case, but he kind of puts the bare minimum into the to the inks so like if someone's just doing layouts his inks really look like he's just inking over layouts um he (laughs) doesn't put his own style into things and yeah um yeah so i i don't know it's hit or miss sometimes he's better sometimes he's worse i think that this is a downgrade from mark yeah um from john john t (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's still fine it still works and uh i can still tell what's going on so there's nothing wrong with that now we have we were t- talking last time about all the different permutations of the humanoids, you know, and now we right. have another humanoid, and now this is like the super, like the super humanoid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this makes reference to the, yeah, the leader. Of course it does. They yeah, found his diary, right, and built this <laughs> robot based on I guess what is in his diary or something like that. <laughs> this is like the last one we were talking about where they they found the directions to Banner's T gun and they're like let's just build it. Just, <laughs> it's got to be something is. good, right? <laughs> Uh, but I like it because it's built to 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 uh, destroy the Hulk, and they're like, "That's perfect. We need something to destroy the Hulk." <laughs> so they do it, but then they don't realize that it's like, at all costs, it's going out there to destroy the Hulk. Like it doesn't matter about anybody or anything else. So it's going to ha- leave this massive path of destruction in its in its wake. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and the boomerang comes back for this issue. Yeah, that's right. He's um. Looks like his suit is less bulky, and so it's well. Looks like it's skin tight this time. Yep, he um, streamlined it for sure. Yeah, 
course, he's like a bodybuilder in this one, whereas later on he's a bit, a bit of a more svelte, not svelte, but a bit more of a, a little more slender now later on. But uh, I like, I do like the way the inks look on the, the humanoid here. It is funny how um, the Hulk's eyes, um, space between his eyebrows and his eyes are all blacked out. So that's kind of, that does give him a little more of a kind of savage look. Yeah. Um, page ten, panel one, you know, really kind of crazy, angry look on Hulk's face there. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, we um, get these big like big bushy eyebrows that kind of make yeah. it look a lot more just savage. Yeah. 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 It's an effect that Sal Buscema used, um, um, in the eighties when the Hulk went totally mindless. And, uh, but that's that we'll, we'll get to that in like Epic number, whatever, 12 or something. <laughs> I don't really know. What you're right. <laughs> yeah. Whenever that's released. Right. And then of course we have another precarious, um, to be Hulk in uh, yes. Panel here where Hulk's about to looks like he's about to uh, be eighty sixth. But uh... <laughs> so next up is eighty seven, the humanoid and the hero. And just yeah. on the cover, there's a little advertisement for the Marvel superheroes yes. TV show. That's right. And we've yep. made mention to that show here on the podcast before. Um, yeah, it's it's great if you if you haven't seen it before, it's worth checking out on YouTube because they take panels directly from the comics and then just kind of crudely animate them so that they yeah. move a little bit it's it's quite a blast to watch uh oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it is it, you know, and like i said before too it's really kind of cool to sit down with the comic itself and kind of go along with uh with the with the episode and see what they change exactly they yeah yeah so, you know it's funny how the cover here it's kind of like before how we had um well you know bill everett did the, the cover but john musema did the interior in this case we've got gil kane doing the covering uh, cover art in this case, um, and it's of course a foreshadowing. Gail coming on board in number eighty-eight and the art chores. I love this panel, yeah. the perspective. I love it when you just get the city, but it's a little off kilter. So yeah. Um, yeah. it just it shows it's a little askew showing something's wrong here. Right. But right. in this issue, uh, Gorky, our good old Russian spy, <laughs> confesses that he was not working with the Hulk because everyone suspected that the that the Hulk yeah. and the, was fighting this robot and making destruction because of this guy. Right. So that clears the Hulk's name. And Yay. the Hulk then goes on to defeat the humanoid. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. And so we have a big moment in this issue where Banner, or the Hulk turns into Banner right in front of General Ross. Right. So if there was any sort of doubt that they had before. Yes, you're right, though. That, that you know, it happened in front of the world for the first time. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, Rick told Talbot that this this was the case, but I think there was still some doubt as to whether, you know, like you know, some people hadn't seen it happen. But yes, now in front of the world, it's it's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. The Hulk is Banner. And it's funny, you know, Banner is a bit. You know, John draws Banner a bit too muscular in this case. You know, he's kind of like, kind of like a slightly toned down Hulk with with a pink skin instead of green. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of your standard superhero physique. Yeah, exactly. And this is of course why Jack Kirby. Didn't draw Sp- Peter Parker as you may have heard him. He was drawing. I think he, I think his tendency was to draw bulk people up too much, and so Steve Ditko was chosen instead to kind of draw a more slender hero. But that is neither here nor there. Just <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um, I like in um, on page nine. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, first Avengers movie where um, that scene where um, I think uh, so I think one of the like Captain America's or someone or Iron Man says the banner, you know get angry we need you to you know we need you to help us fight this and banner says i'm always angry and then he just kind of switches yeah, right. he kind of like switches himself into the hulk like that and so this um the wide panel here on page nine 
where um, we see like Banner conversing with Ross as he's turning green. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, how you yeah. show that transformation um, in a static yeah. panel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. But uh, but yeah, Hulk saves the day with some help from Banner, which is good. You know, it's, you know that thought that uh, Banner planted helps save the day there. So, uh, you know, it's funny uh, that the same kind of panel pops up here where, um, you know, Hulk is downed and, and Betty's concerned and, and Talbot's trying to console Betty, but then he's like, but if he, you know, if he reverts back to Banner, you know, then, then I don't get you and, and all this stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, so it's kind of funny, but, uh, but Hulk's a hero, you know, the kind of, you know, like the story ends with Hulk being a hero, which is, which is nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Want to switch over to 88 then on that? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. So this one uh, is Boomerang and the Brute. Gil Kane uh, definitely doing the art chores here. Um, it's kind of funny how he came over to Marvel for just a few months, did some Hulk, did some uh, um, Captain America, and did, I think, some Avengers covers. And then he goes, and then he, then he disappears again for a couple of years. It's kind of neat. I'm yeah, well, not neat, but kind of interesting why that, um, you know, wonder why he came over to Marvel for a little bit, then left. Yeah, and it's a drastically different style oh, yeah. than what we've seen before. And this is not Gil Kane's strongest stuff. It's uh, no. He um, he he goes on to do some fantastic, fantastic work. Yeah. And I have his three volumes of um, the Starhawks newspaper strip that he did. Oh, cool! And it's yeah. just brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal artwork there. But, when was uh, that? Like what? What time period? That was the late seventies. That was the Star okay. Wars era. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting difference between this stuff from 1967 and then when he comes back in 70 to do like Spider-Man and I think Captain Marvel. Yeah. And it's interesting too. He's inking, he's inking himself in this case. Right. One of my favorite combos is uh, Gil Kane with uh, John Romita doing the inks. You know, it's the kind of nice, I think Romita always did a nice job of kind of um, smoothing out some of the, the, well, I mean, Gil, you know, Gil's art sometimes gets a little, can be a little zany, which is great. Yeah. I think, John Romita kind of helped to tone it down. It's kind of like John Lennon and uh, Paul McCartney kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> working <right>. together. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the yeah, the art's kind of um, not that awesome. I mean, he does a good LBJ, I will say. You know, I can, That's true. Know, there, cool. yeah, on page two. Yeah, and Hulk gets a yet another presidential pardon. <laughs> He's yeah, <laughs> had a whole bunch of them now. The only person who can do this, uh, right. who can uh, forgive the Hulk, force people to forgive the Hulk, <laughs> is the president. Yeah, right. I like uh, one thing that makes the Hulk look a little more beastal here is um, you see like the bottom set of teeth, um, like on page um, yeah. page four. It's kind of neat. It just it gives him more of that kind of like ape-like um, sort of savage look. Um, yeah, cool. and they've really he Gil Kane really spreads apart the eyes as well. Yep. yep. That really and and he's got a huge forehead. So yeah, it's a uh, it's right. interesting to just to see people's different people's takes on yeah. how the Hulk should look. Yeah. And he definitely. Through this last string of artists, he doesn't look just like a a beefy person like Steve Ditko mm. did in those earlier Tales to Astonish books. He definitely mm. is a monster. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. You know, Steve Ditko's take on Hulk back in number six, I thought was, I thought was his best because he inked himself. And I think when he was doing the Tales to Astonish stories, it was I think he had like George Russo's wasn't really quite as strong, but um. This reminds me a little. This is a little reminiscent of Steve's work on Hulk Six, where I think Hulk did it a little, look a little more bestial in that same hairstyle there, where it's just like this mop on the top of his head, right? <laughs> and nothing like you know, so the sides of it, kind of like 
kind of reminds me of Frankenstein a little bit, but or the monster Frankenstein. But um, yeah, whereas Hulk had a full head of hair in eight, number eighty-seven, thanks to John Buscema, now he's back to this kind of <laughs> kind of mop look, look like look. But um, right. So yeah, Boomerang is back. You see another. It's kind of another of those chase me and fight me see you know kind of storylines through a lot of this. Yeah, the interesting part about this issue here is that the the Boomerang has been so cocky and so full of himself, and then at the end yeah. has to beg the Hulk to save his life, otherwise right. he'll fall down this waterfall. Right, and it, oh, and it's and it's because yeah, it's because Boomerang tranquilized the Hulk, making him go back to Banner. That he didn't have the strength to save Boomerang. Yeah, so, he yeah. he uh, undid himself. I think that's kind of a what a poetic justice. Yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> I think you could say that his uh, his plot or his uh, his vendetta sort of boomeranged back and uh, nipped him in the bud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so eighty nine is the start of a very odd era for the Hulk. I find because mm-hmm. now we're getting into this cosmic stuff. Yeah. And I know that the Hulk visited the Watcher's place in a few issues back, but this uh, this starting with the Stranger here is a it's a it just goes into some odd places and with the Silver Surfer coming up and such. Oh yeah. So this issue is called "Then There Shall Come a Stranger," uh, and in this one, the Stranger, who I think has only been seen once before this in X Men number five, eleven or a uh, number eleven oh, in, in eighteen. Actually, if you look right here on uh, page two. Uh, Stan's caption on the bottom of the page mentions 11 and I forgot about number 18 but he, he came to get Magneto back that's why he shows up in number 18. right yeah. yeah but so he's still a new character and right. he shows up here in the Hulk and so the yeah. stranger wants the Hulk to destroy all of mankind's defenses and and right. resources <laughs> to make the planet ripe for him to to conquer yeah it's kind of a plot device to get again to get the Hulk out of this situation that he's in yeah. Um, because you know he's he's been defeated, he's unconscious. But let's just pluck Bruce Banner out of that situation and throw him into the next situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which happened a lot. That's uh, gonna we've got another one of those kind of classic three panel um, transformations on page seven, where he because he trans Bruce transforms into the Hulk, he's able to break free of the Stranger's spell on him and mm-hmm. break his hold, his paralysis. Yeah, that's a nice splash page on on panel on page nine. Yeah, page one as well. I like that one of Banner, kind of unconscious on the mountain. Um, yeah, very, a lot of great detail there. And yeah, this one on page nine. This this story is all set up. There's not really anything going on here except set up. And if you go to page four and five, holy cow, a lot of dialogue there again. <laughs> yeah. It's like so much yeah. of this. If you read, if you actually read yeah. through it, God, um, yeah. you could probably take out half of the bubbles and condense all of the words to be more succinct. But that's not Stanley's yeah. way. Yeah, it's kind of too bad. You know, it's it's sort of, um, you know, Stan is definitely one of my favorite writers, but it does, you know, kind of rereading these. I find myself sometimes my eyes glazing over. I don't yeah. know if it's age or what, but I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, I, I do like, you know, it's nice when the, the words and the pictures flow so well together that, you know, you're not even, you know, it's just it's like watching a fast-paced movie or something, you know, and you're yeah. it really moves right along and you're not getting kind of bogged down and, wasted dialogues but know. and it would be okay like you know Watchmen can get this verbose <laughs> in its dialogue as well but sure. um, and I have sometimes have a problem with Alan Moore as well but with yeah. Watchmen <laughs> the words are there for a purpose with sure. this dialogue here yeah. I would say only half the words are there for purpose the rest of it is filler and it doesn't yeah. need to be there yeah 
Yeah. They could they could and remove half of these um, these bubbles and let the artwork breathe a lot better. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of those panels, like let's say with the X Men. You've got all five X Men in there, uh, and each one has to say something. They all have to so. say something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, like you said, it's all pretty much set up into uh, into what we see in ninety and ninety one, and uh, or at least, well, I mean at least ninety, where you know, Stranger sends Hulk off to um to wreak some serious havoc on on the Earth. Yeah. Um, so let's do that. Yeah. So number ninety. Um, this was this is actually one of my favorite Hulk stories, um, just because it's a, of course it's called the Abomination, and I've always enjoyed the, the Abomination. He, I think he's kind of the first villain I've found really interesting for the Hulk. Because I mean, you got the leader, but you know he's always sending machines after the Hulk. He's using his mind to send the humanoids, that kind of thing. But whereas the Abomination is finally the first villain who's stronger than the Hulk, hmm. and that's kind of cool. And it's neat to see another kind of like Hulk-like creature to counter the Hulk and. But it's funny, you know, Bruce comes to the realization. You know, once, once, of course, of course, Hulk is like starting to like wreck bridges and he's going off to do other things, turns back in a banner. And Banner's like, oh, you know, I can't let the Hulk keep doing this. You know, I'm going to have to kill him off. And that, that may mean killing me off as well. That, of course, sets up the whole abomination plot. You know, like he sets, Banner sets up the machine to blast himself into oblivion. And then you got um, um, Emil, uh, Emil Blonsky comes along. I think it's Emil. I think it's Emil. Emil? Oh, maybe it's Emil. Okay. All right. That sounds better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Russian spy comes along and puts himself in the machine. And What a great transformation panel there. Yeah. Page five. Yeah. Kind of grotesque. Yeah, it is. It's very good. It's very good. And uh, Gil Kane has always done a really great job with reptilian creatures, you know, like the lizard, um, all the scales and everything. So he does right. a great job with the abomination. I don't know if he might have, for all I know, he might have actually been the ones who create you know the, the image of the abomination um i don't know if somebody else might have had a hand in it but um it looks uh, that's kind of cool though yeah well i mean it looks like his work just the oh yeah the way he Definitely. yeah the way he designed the face and everything yeah yeah um, absolutely. I, I uh i'm i don't think that i've read this issue before i read this book yeah. with the with the abomination and mm. i was quite surprised how close the origin story of is it is to the movie for the abomination yeah yeah that's right so sad to see poor old hulk get get whipped and uh just uh laid out like that and you know it's and this is a scary thing abomination grabs betty and jumps off and you know it's, it's like yeah i love the final panel there on page 10 where ross is like and we got what we wanted the hulk is done for but but now we got the abomination to deal with it's kind of like all these unintended consequences we we built this super humanoid to take out the hulk but now he's wrecking everything else yeah <laughs> we didn't want it like this so i uh, uh, i find that there's the um the the panel box on page six on page yeah. 343 of, the, of this book where it has to explain we didn't properly explain how the gamma rays affected um, the abomination so we have to put it in a little footnote yeah. here <laughs> sure <laughs> the gamma rays affect different people in different ways right uh, and i guess we get a with all of the different Hulk type characters that pop up over the year, yeah, obviously, um, yeah. The gamma rays affect people differently. That's that's right. That doesn't often kill them, although it's supposed to. But it, you know, it can turn you green. And... Yeah. <laughs> so the Abomination still has yeah. his intelligence, right? Exactly. And that's the thing that makes Abomination so formidable. Is not only is he mm -hmm. st as strong, or maybe stronger than the Hulk. Yeah, but he has the wherewithal to create some tact tactical plans. 
I remember the first time I read number 90 and picked up the back issue as a kid and I just couldn't wait to read 91 and just to see like what happens in it. So, yeah. 91 is called Whosoever Harms the Hulk. Yeah. And uh, Bruce uses his brain to come up with a plan to stop the abomination because that's the only way that we're going to yeah. stop the abomination. Yeah. Uh, so he comes right. up with this thing called the infinite weapon. whatever that means sure (laughs) i love it It says bruce is smart so he can think up just radical things here so yeah and in the end the stranger ends up taking the abomination away with him yeah so uh and i don't know if that plot line is continued on somewhere else or when the abomination shows up again yeah silver surfer 14 i think is the next time and so three years after this um okay about a year ago but i'm trying to remember how he I think it's through some sort of, like, yeah, some witches or something band together, and they're trying to bring some evil force forward or something, and I think that's how the Abomination kind of escapes the Stranger's clutches. But I, I almost feel like the Stranger might come back and grab him again, cause, and then the Abomination shows up later on in the Hulk and um, another kind of space opera. But that, that's a story for another epic. Right, but, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you're right, though. It's, that's kind of a motif that Stan uses. It's like, you know, as long as a man has his brain... You can never be defeated, and you know Reed Richards says that a lot. So yeah, obviously uh, Bruce Banner, you know, gets in gets in there and uh, takes control, and they were able to, yeah. I think yeah, right. They decrease the, the Abomination's level of strength, and the Hulk can uh, kick his can. So hmm, yeah, yeah. But then another you know another panel where Hulk just kind of wanders off in the end, you know, kind of like the '70s TV show where <laughs> Bruce Banner, David Banner, walks off at the end and you hear the, the Lonely Man music. So. That's right. Um, Turning point. This one is called, and this is interesting for me because it. Um, I really feel like ninety-one is finally the end of like a thirty-two. You know, if you start with sixty, and count each individual issue. You have like thirty-two separate issues of the story that runs like three years. Finally, with ninety-two, we're at a, like a, a new beginning, and the art is like yeah. We were talking about Marie Severin last time. And, you know, who has passed since you and I last spoke? Actually, yeah, that's um, right. Which is certainly one of the one of the great Hulk artists and that oh I mean that splash page it's you know, just fantastic top. it's just yeah. it's incredible Banner's got his glasses again mm-hmm. and it's just kind of neat though I like how um, Banner's sort of you know it looks like some time has passed and Banner's been he's been missing and he he's in hiding he's, he's got the you know the disguise on and he's trying to create something to secure himself but uh, this reminds me a little bit of the uh, actually kind of the 70s Hulk show where it's a little more of a you know, Banner's kind of working on his own to try to cure himself. And, right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like this. The, you know, time has passed. Yeah. Um, we have a, it's definitely a break in the narrative because, you know, the Hulk, is, Bruce is, you know, he goes out in disguise and um, all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, he's, I, I really love this, the transformation page. Yeah. Page oh, six, yeah. Page six. Yeah. Sure. Where these, yeah. these panels that, yeah, Marie Severin's just great. I, th- I feel like she just never quite got the same status that she probably deserved. Uh, yeah. She got definitely in the shadow of, of Kirby and Ditko and such, mm-hmm. but you know, th- these, these issues that she does are just fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I wonder why she didn't stay on the title longer because it was only like a little over a year. Yeah. And then Herb Trimpey comes along. So uh, maybe she stayed longer. She would have, you know, maybe had a little more of that, um, that place, you know, you know, kind of like higher on the, on the, on the list, so to speak, of recognized Hulk artists. Yeah, um, maybe. This is cool, though, because at the end, you know, we see some invisible force 
fighting the Hulk, and then it's the Silver Surfer at the very end, which is pretty cool. A uh, nice full-page panel there. A very uh, Buscema-looking surfer. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit of Kirby, too, you know, the way he got kind of the shine, the way he does the kind of the shine, or the way Marie does the sort of the, the shimmeriness of his skin. Right. Kind of like the, the squiggle right down the uh, surfer's forehead there. Because this is, yeah, we're still kind of in the, I think this might be the first time the Silver Surfer appears outside of the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, so this kind of sets up that, that battle between the two of them. So there's another thing. The reason why, I, we forgot to mention, the reason why that the, um, <clears throat> that Bruce Banner is in hiding is because his secret identity is now made public. Right. Yep. So this is definitely going to change a lot of stuff uh, moving forward for the Hulk here. If the whole yeah. world knows who he is, there's no hiding under the, the guise of Bruce Banner anymore. And it, you get a real sense of the national concern. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. You do. And you get the team brigade, brigade back together. You know, not they yeah. were split, but you know, they're brought back into the book. And, right. Uh, try to find the Hulk. You're right. And the people, yeah, people all over the place. Yeah, people are like, where is he? And are we safe? Um, issue number 93 is called He Who Strikes the Silver Surfer. Hmm. And the Hulk uh, tries to get the surfer to take him into outer space because yeah. he's just uh, kind of fed up of being on Earth. Yep. But uh, they keep having some misunderstandings. So surfer gets frustrated <laughs> and then leaves. Yeah. Not the first time it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number 250 is, like the, I, I think, kind of like the same story as well. But... Um, it's funny, I was just going to say real quick, you know, number 91 is titled, Whosoever Harms the Hulk. It sounds very biblical. Number 93, He Who Strikes the Silver Surfer. <laughs> it's like these very kind of you know, lofty sort of oh, yeah. sentences. He loved those uh, Stan Love yeah. titles. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting battle, you know, between the Hulk and the Silver Surfer. Obviously, <laughs> Surfer's cosmic power allows him to be quite the formidable opponent for the Hulk, but... um. But yeah, this is you know another sad tale of the Hulk who could have had a friend, could have had someone to, and, and, and I think yeah, I mean there could have been a friendship here that wasn't realized because there was a misunderstanding, like you said. And, yeah. yeah, but I love the uh, I love the desperation of the Hulk. Yeah, he really doesn't want yeah. to be on Earth anymore. Yeah, um, and he's just trying to do what he can. Uh, the part where like he draw he he even grabs the surfer's surfboard. It's like, well, yeah. you're not going to take me there. I'll take myself there. And, sure. um, like, you know, he, he just gets thrown through, through trees. trees and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just, uh, you haven't seen the side of the Hulk. It's like, you think the Hulk can do anything, but he now realizes that he doesn't have a place here and needs to find another place to live and he wants to go to outer space. So, right. very strange. Yeah. Very different. And that brings us into 94, where he does get to go to the stars. Yes. Uh, yeah. To the beckoning stars, as the title says. This, of course, um, brings the uh, high evolutionary into the storyline, a Thor villain. Yeah, it's funny. You've got these, uh, like, hunters here who are, well, they're not just hunters. Are they? Well, they look, they look like hunters, but they're working for the high evolutionary, I guess. But, um, they are hunters because yeah. they're, they're hunting animals to okay. send yeah. to the high oh, evolutionary right. for, for transformation. That's right. Yep. Yeah, interesting concept here. Uh, we've got, i, I got to reread the Thor issues where, um, where he uh, first shows up. 135 but uh, another kind of story that sort of sets up the next uh, issue right getting the Hulk on board sending him into the stars I like the it's actually kind of an optimistic ending it's like he's going off to who knows where but at least as he says the Hulk will have a second chance so so it's not so bad and it's kind of too bad the Hulk whacked that 
is this Sir Ram? Is that what his name was? I can't remember. This guy, he um, he, he punches. And then the guy gets radiation poisoning, I think. This uh, They do a good job of kind of, um, for those of you who have not read Thor, uh, kind of mm. giving us a, a, a just a short recap of who High Evolutionary is and what he does and the fact that his new men are uprising. They're kind of uh, yes. calling mutiny. Yep against the high evolutionary so that's why um high evolutionary needs hulk's help exactly. um, some really cool art in here again and i just love those last six panels yeah yeah of blasting off to to space right yep really cool very cool yeah and sir ram sir ram's a cool character yeah you kind of too bad he doesn't have um too much shelf life in this in this story but um i remember banner feeling well number 95 you know just the heat feeling some remorse that, that he's dead mm -hmm. wondering if the Hulk killed him but should we jump into number 95 yeah let's do it here um, number 95 a world he never made and uh, again a nice uh, splash yeah. page and I think this yeah. is this the first time we see Herb Trimpey's name on a Hulk comic yeah I think so so that's pretty cool so yeah, yeah he's he picks up the inking here embellishing Marie Severin's work here yeah, and it's really nice. It's it's inked really heavy, so there's a lot of yeah. dark, a lot of shadows sure. in here, which I think is it suits the mood really nice. Yeah, um, and yeah. I love just uh, the, the 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 friendship that Hulk and Sir Ram form through this issue. That's right. Yep, that's right. I forgot about yeah. Okay. Yep. And yeah, at one point he, he Hulk just de declares, uh, "You will be my friend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you will be Hulk's friend." And you can't argue that, really. You know, there's only one good answer to that. <laughs> so the whole tells you that. So. But yeah, again, tragically, as as will as happens so many times when the Hulk makes a friend, yeah, usually means the guy's a <laughs> the friend. Yeah, but the a, Hulk doesn't kill him. It, oh, the circle, radiation, right? It's a, it is radiation, and the radiation yeah. turns Bruce back to, or sort turns the Hulk back into Bruce, but it kills right. around. But Banner, not remembering what the Hulk does, thinks that the Hulk must have killed him. So exactly. it's uh, yeah. it's kind of tragic in that sense that yeah. that, uh, that he's gone. Yeah, so Bruce meets the High Evolutionary. I always thought the, the ending of this was kind of, this is another one where I got, got in the back issue and couldn't wait to pick up 96 wherever I could find it um, just to see you know, what happens. What would, what would someone look like a million years from now? You know, what, what would a human look like? Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't, couldn't wait to pick up 96 to see what, you know, what the evolutionary, what the High Evolutionary created. So what does happen in 96? Well, um, so yeah, the title is What Have I Created? It's the final story in this, uh, um, the final regular story in this epic volume. But um, yeah, so you got the, the rebellion taking place among all the, uh, they call them like, yeah, the, the half-men, or what, they, what these guys were called. The new men. The new men, that, exactly, the new men. And um, yeah, I like how uh, the high evolutionary goes right into battle with a mace and a sword on page three. Yeah, to battle him off himself, and and Banner jumps into the fray and uh, turns into the Hulk. I like that panel there in the middle of page five where he's, "I am the Hulk; nothing can harm you." Yeah, yeah, very dramatic, very foreboding. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's funny. It looks like when it, when the High Evolutionary takes off his mask, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like he's been wearing it for a long time. <laughs> Just, it looks awful on me. Which is but, how um, you probably would look if probably, you were wearing a mask. Like you know, <laughs> Batman takes off his cowl and his hair is always perfect. But... I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but he puts himself in the machine, and uh, it's kind of funny. I think I, when I first read this, I was surprised to see uh, 
that the high evolutionary was just this kind of normal looking guy, but um, mm-hmm. um, he learns what it is to be to advance himself a million years. And uh, this kind of reminds me of um, the end of uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey or something like that, where it just kind of like it becomes very cosmic and very existential. <laughs> right. Well, and like the same thing I think happens to Thanos a couple of times. Yeah. He okay. achieves this kind of um, enlightened god status as yeah. well. Sure. <laughs> you know, and this is, you know, it's kind of ironic. Like he advances, but then all the, uh, the new men go back to their original creatures. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, the original. Yeah. This was a, this was a really exciting story. What yeah. a great way to what a great way to end this book. It was a, a nice choice to to end it right here because all of this build up, um, and then also it leaves you on a cliffhanger. It's like, where? Uh, what's the Hulk going to do now? Right. He's uh, yeah. oh, actually he's not in space. He got transported back to Earth. But uh, right. but yeah, I didn't realize this was going to be such an, an important issue for the High Evolutionary. Yeah. Because sure. um, usually when villains guest star in other characters' books nothing of consequence really happens right. because you know you save that for the main book yeah but uh yeah this one the high evolutionary like he his character literally evolves and uh yeah. and yeah not in the thor book yeah i don't know where he it would be interesting to check out where he shows up next you know, i um, just to see you know how he gets out of this bind so yeah. to speak right <laughs> but um but that's uh that's it yeah i haven't i haven't read the not brand X story or at okay. least i think i did once. you uh definitely should a couple of notes i want to say here that um sure. so not brand x number three uh, yep. the origin of brucey e. banter written by gary friedrich and maurice yeah. and drawn by marie severin both of those yeah. people died within a day of each other just recently isn't that amazing that's right that's yeah right. yeah and they were the creative team yeah on the hulk going forward i think from number 102 for a few issues, I think I think Gary did uh, right. Yeah, and they both yeah. did that annual with the Inhumans. Yeah, um, but a testament to Marie Severin's incredible <laughs> ability. She goes from sure. super dramatic, detailed, realistic artwork to this issue yeah. here. She's an she's a fantastic comedic artist as well. She yeah. does some really funny drawings in this. Yeah. This this sort of comic is very reminiscent to kind of old style Mad Magazine. There's a lot of that kind of style into it. There's a lot of dialogue. Um, the humor is very uh, very <laughs> verbal in in certain places and such. And it's it's a fun read. It's uh, not of any consequence, but it's it's still fun. Yeah, I'll put this on my list. I gotta I gotta um, check out um, the not brand. Well, I've got the not brand deck uh, masterwork. So one of these days I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just flipping in the end, in the back here because I had, you know, truth be told, I've read these stories in other formats, but hadn't really um, cracked open this book yet. But it's it's really I'm mean, this is, I'm seeing it for the first time. This uh, this image that was potentially going to be a splash page for the Hulk's first story in Astonish from number sixty. Right, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's and cool everything. to see just um, the the sketchy pencils of Steve Ditko, not the finished refined work. Yeah, it's an odd pose to give him for the first uh, for the first issue because he, you yeah. just see his back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that was a rule for Marvel covers. Oh, this wasn't going to be a cover, I guess. It was just a pinup. But still. Yeah. Okay. It's like these splash pages. You know, don't show a back. That's boring. Right. Exactly. These images too for the T-shirt artwork. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's. uh, I love. uh, Well, this image of the Hulk here is. I mean, taken from this one of them, just kind of the head and the the arms and the the torso is taken. I believe right from Marvel Tales number one. 
Okay. Uh, wait, wait, it says, it says it right there. Whoops. <laughs> but I like uh, I love the ad here for the Hulk T-shirt. This is so um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Hulk's like, step aside, your sir. Step, step aside yourself, sir. I am not so inclined. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm I am not so. I, I am not so inclined. Would, yeah. <laughs> you got some Bill Everett Hulk there too. You know, very Bill Everett style. Mary Severin on the top, I'd say, and then Bill Everett on the bottom. Yep. Isn't that funny though? I, you know, I hadn't realized there were two versions of this. Yeah, I Same didn't realize. Dialogue. I think I've only yeah. seen the bottom one before. Isn't that cool? You know what? Oh, this is really funny, actually. The Hulk, um, obviously the Doctor Doom images are the same. Yeah. But these images of the Hulk um, on the bottom were, t- yeah, as it says right here, the, take it from Astonish 74. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And I love these Jack Kirby Hulk images, too, where he's dragging along this little children's toy. <laughs> it's funny to have this on a shirt. You, you'd never see a Marvel yeah. shirt like this where yeah. it's just like it's serious on one side and funny on the back. Because Marvel, I think, yeah. takes itself a little too seriously these days. Right. Um, oh yeah, but there's a Hulk one as well. I mean, a Thing one, where it's like the the backside. It's just there's some words written on on his the the butt of his pants that say something like "You're too close" or um, <laughs> if you're looking at this, I don't know something like that. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, good sense of humor. I I loved Marvel back in this this era. Yeah, yeah. It was just a fun, yep, yeah, fun time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just gonna say real quick. I I was able to. I was able to find a, a T-shirt that remade that sweatshirt, basically. Oh, so it okay. had, you know, the, here comes and the Hulk. Here, there goes the Hulk, and I, I proudly wore that under under another shirt to the first Hulk movie, which I thought was a, kind of a disaster. And <laughs> so I have never worn that t- <laughs> never worn that T-shirt to a, another Hulk movie after that. Of course, there was only one Hulk movie <laughs> after that anyway. But uh, yeah, anyway. So, uh, well, cool. That's a uh, that's another one down, and I think we've got. Volume three is coming out a little bit later this year, isn't it? Or it is, yeah. I think uh, yeah. maybe early into twenty nineteen or something. Or oh, I can't okay. remember if it, what, what's yeah. the date exactly. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that because yeah. um, just that brings us into like finishes up the Tales to Astonish era and brings us into his own title, and yeah. uh, we get full full issues. Hulk now can um, do twenty two pages or whatever it is. Yeah, and get some good stories there. He can flex his muscles a little bit more. So. That's right. So that's cool. Um, what did yeah. you think of this era of the Hulk? What are, What are your thoughts? It's you know it's very hit and miss. I think because of the you know Stan was kind of I think overworked at the time. Um, so you know I think that um, the artwork could be really cool at times, not so cool other times. The Hulk definitely you know once he gets it into his own title, I think once uh, Marvel has the means to hire more writers, more artists, and people who can really get into the character and explore the character. That's when the, this title becomes much more interesting to me. We're still very much in kind of like the, the fledgling days of, of the Hulk's, of the Hulk character, uh, where we were definitely seeing some very important things happen. But I think what makes the Hulk great, we're getting, we're getting the beginnings of that. You know, certainly like we talked about the whole, now the world knows that Hulk is banned. So that, Paints a whole new, adds a whole new dimension to this mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. I mean, yeah. it's much more. You know, the stories kind of matter a little bit more, I think. You know now, so um, so that's my very long-winded answer to your question. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with what you say here. It's uh, it's a little bit hit or miss there. It's it's great to see these formative years of getting like what ideas stick and which characters come in and which characters stay, and uh, just where being able to see where he ends up and seeing where the the, the seeds of those are planted here. So, yeah. very cool. 
It's, it's worth yeah. reading, um, if not for any reason except just historical purposes. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, you know, going through part B of this versus part A, I've definitely found part B to be more enjoyable to go through. I, I, think, I think so it's, too. Uh, yeah. I think the, those, the first half are, it's kind of one of those things you sort of have to, if you want to read it all, you have to sort of slog through <laughs> some of this other stuff to get to the good stuff. But it's, it's all important to read though because you got to, you know, it's all building the story. Yep. That's right. Well, there we go. Uh, we will see you next um, on when you come back for Volume Three. I'm looking forward to that, Alex. Yeah, me too. That'll be good. That'll bring us up to number one seventeen, nineteen sixty nine. So we're moving along. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it too. Thanks for your time, and uh, yeah, we get back to being a dad. Thanks. <laughs>